693. Sing out that great hymn together this morning. What a day, what a day that will be. We'll lift it up together and sing both verses this morning. Sing out with us on that first verse. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a Stay there then, page 693. Let's sing out that last verse again. You know, when you start and think about that last verse, we go through a lot of stuff in this life, don't we? We've just come through a lot of sickness around and things like that. That second verse says there'll be no sorrow there, <clears throat> no more burdens to bear. I've been thinking about all the stuff, you know, that goes on, that, we, that weighs heavy on us. All that's going to be gone. No more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain. Those that have gone on before us, we're going to see them again. No parting over there. And forever, as preacher always says, don't get too excited about it this morning, but forever I'll be with the one who died for me. I can't think of a better place to be. Oh my goodness. Let's sing it out like we mean it this morning. Smile when you sing too, like it means something to you, all right? There'll be no sorrow there. No more
forward to that day. Say amen this morning. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome to Faith Baptist Church. Amen. Some of you were here for Sunday school, but now you're here. Amen. That was good. Amen. That was a blessing. Boy, what a day. I don't know about you, but I... I always think I can't wait till I get to see the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, and just to get to see my Savior. And I'm just telling you right now, and you, you may not like this, but I'm not looking for a pale-skinned, blonde, long, blonde-headed fella. I'm looking for the one that's in Revelation chapter 1, and I believe he'll be right at the middle because it's all about him, amen, when we get there. What a blessing and sure thankful to hear uh, God's people lift up their voices and sing unto Him. He's the audience this morning, amen. And boy, He sure has been good to us. And sure glad you're here uh, this morning. Don't have a whole lot of announcements. I did just want to mention, uh, don't forget about if you have kids uh, in Faith Baptist School, they'll be starting school tomorrow. And so looking forward to our first day of school. It is half days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then, of course, our full days will be uh, starting uh, Thursday. Excited for this year. Uh, if you don't know this, this is the 50th year uh, for Faith Baptist School, and so sure thankful for the vision uh, Pastor E.J. Watson had to start a Christian school and excited. I know some of the kids are not excited, but some of the kids are very excited. I'm just telling you, my uh, Emily, she is excited about first grade, and she's excited that her friend Abigail Quinlan's going to be in there, and I already told the teacher, make sure they're on opposite sides of the room, otherwise you will never get a word in, Amen. <laughs> I'm sure excited uh, for that. Sure glad you're here this morning. And men, don't forget about the Baptist Men's Recharge coming up, and you do need to sign up for that if you plan on going to that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, this morning. Ask God's blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother Alan Quinlan if you'd open us in a word of prayer this morning. if you would remain standing. Let's turn to page 654. Page 654 just kind of dovetails the last song. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. Let's sing it out together this morning. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow, many arrows pierce my soul.
Listen, if you can't rejoice right now, you're going to have a hard time when we get to heaven. Be nothing but rejoicing. Amen. Page number 656. Because this world is not my home. We're just a passing through. Page number 656. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door.
656 if you lost that page number. Let's sing out that last verse just up in glory land. Well, we're going to live eternally. Amen. Let's sing it out on verse number four. Just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their song of sweetest praise drip back from heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. As men come for the offering, I'd like to read to you from Mark chapter 12 and verse 41. It says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Brother Don Katanic, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated. Page number 660. Today could be the crowning day. It could be. What if it were today? Are you ready? I hope you know the Lord is your Savior this morning. Let's all stand together. Page number 660. Jesus may come today. Let's sing it out together. Jesus may come today. Glad day, glad day. 
and I would see my friend. Dangers and troubles would end if Jesus should come today. Glad day, glad day, isn't the crowning day? I'll live for today, nor anxious be. Jesus, my Lord, I soon shall see. Glad day, glad day, isn't the singing. You may be seated this morning. Just before the message, Brother Tim and Miss Anna Quinlan are going to come and sing this morning. Love 
Jesus, tis now. Amen. What a blessing this morning enjoyed that what a beautiful song amen and and just a blessing and and i would say to you that i believe that's a couple that's not ashamed of the gospel of the lord jesus christ and uh, just to sing a song uh, like that i believe it ties right in uh, with what we're going to look at uh this morning and so let's all stand in honor of god's word if you're uh, able to stand this morning and trust that you have your bibles with you and want to invite you to the book of romans this morning and chapter uh, number one, and of course, uh, I believe it was three Sundays ago, uh, we actually started our study there. We finished up with the book of Revelation, and so we got into the book of Romans. And uh, we, I, well, I uh, got COVID and then went and preached a revival in Indiana. So now I'm back, and so now we're back in Romans, amen. Uh, but the Lord knows, and looking forward uh, to getting into this. We know that we were introduced to the book of Romans, you know, most people don't realize this, but the book of Romans was used in the law schools in the United States up until the 60s and 70s. And Because here's why. It's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's really one of the best, one of the best presentations for the gospel and man needs for the gospel. And man can only receive the gospel by faith. And, and so it's really, if I could say it like this, it's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, so that's really, I mean, we're going to pick up with this uh, this morning. <coughs> and uh, we're going to pick up there in verse number 8. The Bible says this, and of course this is Paul, and he's writing to the saints uh, in Rome, those that have received the gospel, been saved, most likely a church had been established there. And let me just again clarify that it is saints in Rome, it is this church there, and that is not the same as this wicked, false Catholicism junk that's, that's equated with Rome in our day and time. Does everybody get that? Man, you're just starting a religious war right off the bat. Well, you'll get over it, because I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And you need to understand that. And so notice what Paul says, and again, he's addressing them, and he says, First, I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of, Throughout the world, a whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. And notice this, in the gospel of His Son. So in verse 1, you have the gospel of God. In verse number 9, you have the gospel of His Son. And then it goes on and says that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you, for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Guess what? We need each other. It's pretty good stuff. We'll, we'll get to this here in just a minute, but notice this in verse 13, and this is really where I want to focus on. He says, Now I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, 
Even as among other Gentiles, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Olathe also. I'm sorry, he said Rome there, but you... And then notice what he says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Isn't that amazing? I mean, listen, you see the gospel, the gospel of God, the gospel of His Son. Then you see in verse 16, the gospel of Christ. Listen, God, His Son, and Christ are all used interchangeably to show the deity of Jesus Christ. He is God. And He left the, the glory and splendor of heaven was born of a virgin, lived a sinless, spotless life, died on the cross of Calvary for our sin, and praise God, rose again the third day. That is the gospel. That that is the message. And this is what we saw the last time we were in the book of Romans. In verse number 1, Paul declared this, I am separated under the gospel of God. That means this. Now watch this. Because this message, the gospel, is the very central theme to the entirety of the Word of God. Not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament. The Old Testament tells of His coming, He's going to come, and the New Testament tells us that He came, and He's going to come again. But you understand, because it's the central theme of the Bible, Paul said this, it's the central theme of my life. I would say to you, it ought to be the central theme of our life. But this is what I want us to see this morning. See, now now we see... This second, uh, this second part of this initial greeting to the saints in Rome, and where Paul said, I'm separated under the gospel, well now he proclaims this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel either. I'm not ashamed. Well, why? Well, here's why. Because it's the power of God unto salvation, unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew, to the Greek. There's a lot of Greeks here this morning. Barbarians. Some of you are going to eat lunch and you eat ribs like I do. You would be a barbarian, amen. (laughs) Just trying to help you. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of. There is a tremendous amount of pressure from this anti-Christ, anti-God world that we live in that God's people would remain silent. To be ashamed. But that was not the Apostle Paul, nor should that be you or me. So I want to challenge you this morning. I I titled the message, Not Ashamed of the Gospel. But I I do hope and pray this morning that when we leave this place, you'll understand what all that means, but you'll walk out of this place knowing Christ as your Savior, but also not ashamed of it. Father, would you bless the preaching this morning? And God, use me as your vessel. Thank you this morning already for the buses, the Sunday school time. God, I think of even a room full of men praying this morning in our men's prayer, the sweet fellowship, the godly music, and you being our audience. But Lord, now we come to your great word. 
And so I'm asking you, Father, this morning to use me as your, as your vessel. Lord, I, I sure want to expose the Scriptures and rightly divide the Word of Truth, but I also want to do it, Lord, being led by the Spirit of God, not a spirit of flesh or pride or, or any of those things. And I pray this morning for those that are under the sound of my voice that they would receive it as well. And God, we would understand these things and You would speak to us and challenge us and draw us in whatever our need is this morning. And you would have your will and way. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. <clears throat> you know, we have uh, on our uh, uh, t- uh, smart TV plays some of our photographs and things from our our phone. It's pretty neat how it can do that on my computer as well. And even... You know, social media, those of you that have that, you know you get memories and, and things like that. And um, actually saw this uh, a few months back, I guess, and, and was just thinking about this. But one of the, one of the funniest videos that we have of our, of our daughter, Emily, uh, that's our six-year-old, uh, when we, is when we were living up in Lenexa, uh, Kansas here. We just moved uh, here from Cassville. Uh, Missouri. I, I can't remember how old she was. I want to say she was about two or, or three years old. And so she was up there in the kitchen and she was still sitting in her high chair. And I, I can't remember what she was doing. I, you know, she might have been, you know, taking her food and dropping it on the floor or something. Or, you know, we didn't have a dog back then, so there's nobody else to pick it up. We had to pick it up. Amen. Uh, but I, I can't remember what she was doing. But all I remember is, is that Natalie uh, my wife had gotten on to her and, and said something to her about not doing what she was doing. Well, anyways, when Natalie turned back to do whatever it was that she was doing there in the kitchen, I was videoing Emily. And when Natalie turned around, she got this look on her face like she got this scowl. And I'll promise you it looked just like this because she's got my scowl. She's got my preacher look. Amen. She, I'm just listening. It's, it's the same look I have when I get mad at her mom, but it's still my fault. Well, I'm videoing th- this whole thing. And when I see her countenance change like that and she gets, she gets mad at her mom, I, I, you know, I, I got on to her and I, I, I said, uh, no, ma'am, we, we don't do that. Uh, you don't get ugly like that and, and, and be mean like that. And then all of a sudden, her scowl, went to this look of, oh, you were watching. And then it was, oh, I'm in trouble. And then all of a sudden it completely changed and it just, man, the, the big uh, tears began to well up in her eyes and this little bottom lip began to pooch out and she began to cry and get upset and we did like any good parent. We turned our back and laughed. <laughs> now here's why I'm telling you that story. It's because that's what being ashamed is. It is the, listen to this, it is the emotional guilt one experiences when they are in the wrong. And as a result, there may be contrition or, or fear or even quietness. Now, now, in Emily's case, it was right for her to be ashamed because... It is wrong to be disobedient to your parents, have that spirit and that attitude towards your mom and dad. But when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is wrong to be ashamed. Does anybody get what I'm saying? 
She has already mentioned we do live in an anti-Christ, anti-God world. And you and I must understand this morning as saved people that there is a spiritual warfare among us that is attempting to make us feel ashamed for the gospel's sake. And I'm just telling you, it is very much like Isaiah said that they are now calling evil good and good evil. And I listen, let me, let me just give you some things and let's get down to where the rubber meets the road this morning for you and me. I'm just going to give you some things that I believe. And be in fact, I'd venture to say that I'm on common ground here among members of Faith Baptist Church. Be in fact, let me say it like this. I should be on common ground. Because here's one of those, I, I believe this. I believe that Jesus Christ is God. And I believe that He is the only way. I said the only way that man can be forgiven of his sin and receive eternal life. Now, outside of the Bible declaring this, and it does, one of the big reasons as to why I believe that is because He is the only one that rose from the dead. Thus having the authority to give eternal life. I'm just, listen, Mary is not a mediator between God and man. She's still dead and in the ground. So as any of the popes or Joseph Smith or Muhammad or, or whatever religious leader that, that you're clinging to, they're all still dead and in the ground. There's only one that rose from the dead and has victory over death and hell and has the authority to grant eternal life. And His name is Jesus Christ. And I'm just telling you, He, he made it clear. I am the way and the truth and the life and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. How clear is that? He's the only way. Now, here's the other thing. I also believe the Bible when it comes to morality issues. I, I believe that homosexuality is a sin against God. I, I, and so too is fornication and adultery, pornography. I, I believe this, that abortion is murder. Well, why do, I, why do I believe? Well, because it shows you in the Bible that a child in a womb is a, still a child. It's a, it's a living human being. I believe this, that there are only two genders. Male and female created He them. Now again, I'm just telling, listen, we could camp out on all of those things. Everybody would shout, Amen. But here's the thing. I believe those things. Many of you believe those things because the Bible says those things and makes them very, 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 very clear. But I've already given you enough for this society that we live in today to throw a whole lot of labels at me to keep me quiet. Oh, he's a racist. Yep, I'm enjoying my white privilege this morning. Puke. Anyways, don't get me started. Oh, he's a bigot. No, I just believe what the Bible says. Oh, well, you, you just, you don't have the love of God in your life. Well, no, I don't have the lust of the world in my life. And, and what I'm saying to you is this, is that people shout these things. God's people become ashamed of the gospel in the Bible when in reality, please catch this, they are the ones who should be ashamed because of their wickedness towards God. And, and listen, but, but, here's, but, but I want you to catch this, because I've been chewing on this for a little bit. And there's something else that bothers me. Because while some of God's people are ashamed of the gospel, 
in that sense. I believe that there are some that are ashamed of the gospel in another sense. Well, what do you mean? Well, here's the thing. Where some are trying to live for the gospel, but struggling with fear of men, some have completely turned away from the things of God and embraced the wickedness of this world. And my friend, that too is being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, they're ashamed of the gospel, but here's the thing. They're not ashamed of their sinful living. It's, it's, like, it's like Israel in the Old Testament when Jeremiah, Jeremiah said this about Israel. He said this, they don't even blush in their abominations. Do you know what that means to blush? That means your cheeks turn flush and turn red. Well, why? Because you're embarrassed about something. That means this, or you're ashamed about something. But you understand, Israel was living in their wickedness and in their sin. And, and, and God's man would take the Word of God to them and confront them on those things and encourage them and challenge them to live for the things of God. But it's almost like they were ashamed of that, but yet they weren't ashamed of how they were living. And if I could say it like this, I, listen... I believe that's where a lot of God's people are at as well. It's not that just some are cowering to the fear of men. I mean, listen, they're trying to do right and they're trying to live right, but they're dealing with all of this accusations and nonsense coming from our culture and they don't want to, you know, cause a religious war. But I also believe this. There are some that have said, listen, I'm so ashamed of it. I'm just going to start doing what the world's doing. Listen, that's when you ought to be ashamed. Listen, I'm telling you, there are things, these are things that ought not to be. To embrace the mentality of our culture and to begin calling evil good and good evil. For the child of God, listen to me, right is to be right and wrong is still to be wrong. And what determines what is right and what is wrong is this book right here. And we are to put... Listen, we are to put away the wrong and stand for what is right in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you and I are looking at this subject of being ashamed. Let me give you some more things about being ashamed. Let, let me, let me, let, let, did, you, did you know this? That there are consequences of being ashamed of the gospel. In fact, the Lord Jesus, he, here's what He said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 26. He said, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words... Of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his fathers and of the holy angels. I really hope that that resonates with you this morning because I'm telling you the last one that I'd want to be ashamed of me would be the one that saved me. But here's what he's saying if you're living under the fear of men, or you've turned away from the truth of God's Word altogether and you're living in evil and wickedness because you're ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then I'm telling you, when He comes, He's going to be ashamed of us. I don't want Him to be ashamed of me. Uh, let me, let me also, let, take your Bibles, hold your place there in Romans chapter 1, and go with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 1. I want to show you some examples here and some other things that will encourage you in the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter number 1. And, and be a fact, look, notice this about what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse number 8. He says, Be not thou therefore ashamed 
of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the, the power of God. See, Timothy was ashamed and struggling in his faith and ashamed of the gospel, ashamed of, of Paul who had trained him in the ministry because Paul had been placed in prison for the gospel's sake. And what Paul's saying is this, don't feel that way. I'm just telling you, listen, that, that tells me that if Timothy struggled in his faith and dealt with this subject, then most likely all of us here this morning have dealt with this. Um, be a fact, but notice the opposite attitude of that. Look down at verse number 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Here's what Paul said. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which, is, which I have committed unto him against that day. Sound, almost sounds like a song we sing. For I know whom I have believed in. And I, all right. You, you don't want me to sing a special, do you? <laughs> and by the way, this isn't just for the apostles. Look down at verse number 16. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Anesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me, and notice this, and was not ashamed of my chain. It's just a man of God, faithful man of God, not ashamed. Is everybody getting this? No, no, no. Let me, look, come on, I'm just telling you. I, I, and I, listen, you and I, you and I could go on to some things. Listen. Do you realize this? God, God's not ashamed of us. Okay, go to Hebrews chapter number 2. I forgot to put this in my notes, but I remember where it's at. Maybe. I'm sorry, I didn't put this verse in my notes, but you need to see this, and I'm trying to find it. But I want to say it, I'm pretty sure it's in Hebrews, <laughs> excuse me, in, in chapter number 10. Or I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter number 2, excuse me. And I apologize, I, I, don't ha I don't see it, and I'm nervously looking through all the verses, looking for the word uh, ashamed. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Is it 11? You find it? Good. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause. Good job, Brother Don. He is not ashamed to call them brethren. Did you see that? Now that's talking about our Lord. And again, I, I wanted you to see that. I forgot to put that in my notes and I apologize. But I'm telling you, look, you understand this. God's not ashamed of us. And if God's not ashamed of us, and by the way, I believe you can see also the same thing in chapter 11. In the Hall of Faith chapter, when he's talking about Abraham, and it says God is not ashamed to be called their God. I'm telling you this morning, listen, God's not ashamed of His people. We shouldn't be ashamed of Him. And folks, you understand, listen, with, as with everything, you, you understand there, there is a biblical balance. Okay, And what I mean by that is this, and, 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 it's, and it's different with the subject of not being ashamed of the gospel. We don't need to be in the flesh and going around and, and, and trying to start a religious war. Or making people mad by being rude in our speech or hateful towards people. Is that, you understand what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. We certainly don't need to cower in fear, but we also don't need to just be arrogant in our pride either. Because here's the thing. 
That was not the Apostle Paul, nor was that our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Listen to this. Praise God that he ate with publicans and sinners. But here's the thing. He didn't become like them to win them. But he wasn't ugly towards them. He showed compassion and gave them the gospel. And my friend, that's exactly what we're called to do. You understand, if I'm sitting at my table in a restaurant and I'm going to ask God's blessing on the food, which I think you should do, I don't have to whisper my prayer over my food in fear of men. But at the same time, I don't have to stand up on top of the table and pray either. You know, all right, let's all pray. Bow your heads. Dave McCracken did this one time and the waitress came by and said, y'all need to take him out of the gene pool. Because <laughs> that's a little crazy. You don't have to do that. But at the same time, I don't have to go, Lord, bless the food. We don't want to offend anyone by saying Jesus' name. Is anybody catching that? See, see, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and let me give you some more things. Please listen to this. Yes, I will stand biblically against the immorality of our culture. And I'm going to do it publicly and I'll do it privately. But, but at the same time, you understand that, that I'm not going to be rude to someone who is in a homosexual relationship. Because here's why. They need the gospel. And they need to be saved. And, and please get this, read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There were those who were effeminate there, meaning this, that they most likely were involved in some of, that, uh, some of those uh, circumstances and, and sin, but they turned from those things and received Christ as their Savior and started following Him. So we don't need to be ugly to them, but we don't need to cower in fear either. Nor am I going to be rude to a transgender waiter. No, I'm going to leave them a tip and I'm going to leave them a track. And if they have an Adam's apple, I might accidentally say, Sir, don't call me ma'am or sir. Well, that's the way I was brought up. You're just going to have to get over that. Because I was brought up with manners. But I had a guy who wasn't much older than me and he got mad at me about that. Don't call me sir, that's my dad's name. Sorry, sir. I mean, uh... Nor am I going to be, listen, no, no, I'm just telling you, nor am I going to be mean to someone who doesn't stand where I stand on political issues. You, you have the right to be wrong if you want to be. I said that in the love of the Lord. No, I'm just picking at you. Get over it. But I will, listen, but here's what I will do. I'll still love people and pray for them because here's what people need. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, you might get what I'm saying to you. Listen, the point is this, we're not recalled to respond to our world in the flesh, but nor are we called to live in fear either. As Paul told Timothy as he struggled right there in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, and he struggled with his shame, here's what Paul said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's what you and I need in our day and time. As you and I get into our text this morning, the Apostle Paul has opened this epistle to the saints in Rome with, the, with his greeting in the first seven verses. And beginning in verse number 8, okay, Paul begins to share his heart for them and his desire to come to them. And if you, 
You remember from the last message, I, I don't believe Paul has been to Rome uh, as of yet. He will go to Rome. He will go to Rome not as he planned to go to Rome. He will go as a prisoner as it tells us in the book of Acts. And so, but what I'm trying to grab, get you to grab a hold of is that verse, beginning in verse number 8, verses 8 through 12, they don't particularly deal with our subject of not being ashamed, but they do set the context for what I want us to look at. And there are some principles here that you and I still need to grab a hold of, and I want to touch on them quickly. Look, look at verse, look at verse number 8. Paul says this, first, I thank my God. Through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Do you, do you know what that says to me? That says this, the testimony of our church matters. And again, Paul had not yet been to Rome, but yet he had heard of these saints who had been saved in Rome and received the gospel. News of their faith had reached the then known world of the Roman Empire, to which I would say to you, uh, he's commending him. This is a good thing. Far too many churches today are known for that which is evil. Squabbling over money and petty things mean treatment of others. I don't understand a church where you walk into, you ought to get your hands shook off. Well, preacher, this is COVID. Get over it. Get Share. <laughs> or the pastor does something immoral, like runs off with a secretary. Well, I am. But that's because she's my wife. And we are in about, about a week. Or the treasure embezzles money. And I'm going to say to you this morning, this kind of stuff needs to stop. And it certainly doesn't be, need to be named at Faith Baptist Church. Let us be known for our faith and our stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget when I was pastoring at Bible Baptist Church in Cassville, and we had a man that got saved, and he went and told his friends, he said, hey, I got saved, and I'm going to get baptized this next Sunday night, and my wife and I and our kids, we're in church now, and we're trying to live right. And one of his friends came up to him and said, man, that's great to hear, I'm glad for that. He said, where are you guys going? He said, Bible Baptist Church in Cassville. And his friend went, whoa, they take the things of God seriously over there. To which he looked at him and said, well, they are the things of God. Shouldn't we? And I listen, I love that whole conversation and all of those things. And it just, I got tickled at it. But at the same time, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I was thankful that that was our testimony. Uh, listen, I, and I realize, and please don't know, well, preacher, man, they just must have been a perfect group of people. Nope, they were people. They weren't perfect. And, and listen, and no church is perfect. You might as well get over that. It's kind of like one guy said, if you, listen, you're looking for the perfect church and you finally find it, don't join it, you'll just mess it up. Because listen, here's why it's not going to be perfect, because it's full of a bunch of people and people are sinners. Well, preacher, I'm saved. I'm not a sinner. Oh, yes, you are. And we're all going to have our faults and our failures, but at the same time, let it be said of Faith Baptist Church that we're known for a whole lot more good than we are evil. Does everybody get what I'm saying? 
that we're known for being a friendly church, that we're known for preaching the Bible and the Word of God, that we're known for having godly music and godly standards and having those things that we stand on. That's what we need to be known for. And then we try to do things right. We're not perfect, but we do try to do things right. And here's something else. Lotus verses 9 and 10. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son. Notice this, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. I believe what these verses are saying is this, is that we ought to have a prayer life as well. Paul exposes his own prayer life saying this, that he's praying without ceasing, constantly praying for them. Folks, we ought to be praying and walking with God. Look at verses 11 and 12. He says, here's what he's praying for, for I long to see you, that I may impart some that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. That is, that I may, uh, may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And as already mentioned earlier, I believe this says, we need one another. In verse number 11, I love that Paul says he wants to be among them, praying for them, that, that he might impart some spiritual gift unto them, that may, they might be established. Please, please listen to this. Don't let the charismatic crowd ruin that with their false doctrine. The, the phrase there, spiritual gift, has the idea of spiritual knowledge. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about doctrine. And he's saying this, that I want to be among you and preaching to you the Word of God. Why? Because that's how people are established. What does that mean? That means grounded in their faith. And the point is this, that's exactly what the man of God is supposed to do today. He, listen, God's people don't need more entertainment. You know what God's people need? They need the preaching of God's Word. They need to know what they believe and why they believe it. Why? Because when you go out there in this anti-Christ and anti-God world and there's all this spiritual warfare and everybody wanting you to be ashamed and to be quiet, no, my friend, you can stand firmly on the Word of God and the promises of the Bible. And by the way, I love, I love verse, number, verse number 12. That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you in me. See, just as Paul wanted to be a help to the saints in Rome, he also understood that the saints in Rome would be a help to him. Their faithfulness to Christ would encourage him in his faith. And again, it's no different in our day and time. The preacher needs to be faithful to preach the Bible, but God's people also need to be faithful to, to receive it and to live it out in their lives as well. It's discouraging when so many people are unfaithful. It is. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to say it. That's, and don't think that you, well, you know, I'm, I'm watching at home from live stream today. Well, you're not really in church and being obedient to the things of God. And here's, well, you know, nobody misses me. That's not true. Because I know this, Baptists are creatures of habit. And you sit in your same spot. You got your row, your pew. Now, if a visitor comes in and sits in your spot, don't be ugly. 
because it's not really your spot. But what I'm trying to say to you is this, is that as the pastor, I can sit up there on the platform or be singing and I can look out and go, you know, so-and-so's not here today. I already looked over at Eric this morning and said, so-and-so's not here today, bummer. Because I'm telling you, it's discouraging when so many people are unfaithful. But when people get sold out and start living for God and being in their place and soaking up the things of God and growing in their faith and learning what they believe and why they believe it, oh, son, you want to talk about a preacher that'll get, boy, I'm telling you, get excited next thing. I might jump over. Well, I probably better not do that at my age now. I'm just... That's exciting. Amen. And it's so encouraging to watch people grow in their faith and, and live for God. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, we need one another. You encourage me in my stand, and I want to encourage you in your stand. And hey, let's all stand and not be ashamed of the gospel. And I'm just telling you, all of this brings us into what I want us to look at. Because in verse number 13, the tone changes, if you will. And Paul begins to reveal his second purpose as to why he had been praying for them and longing to be with them. Look at what he says. He says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, <laughs> that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. And what he's saying is this, is not only am I praying for you and wanting to be with you to help you in your faith, but I also want to be among you because I want to win some fruit. I want to see some Gentiles in Rome get saved. And all of this leads us into what he's going to say in verse number 16 when he proclaims, and I believe it to be a very loud proclamation. I believe Paul was certainly under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, but writing very boldly here, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. And so from Paul's life here, I just I want to give you two more things that I believe will help us to not be ashamed of the gospel. All right? Not, not just the examples that we saw uh, or, or uh, that God is not ashamed of us to encourage us, but I want us to see two more things that, that Paul deals with here. Look at verses 14 and 15. Just quickly with me if you would. He says this, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. You know what I believe that would lead Paul to this statement here that we're going to see in verse number 16? I believe it was this, that he understood he was a debtor. And what I'm saying to you this morning is this, is that if you want to get past your shame for the gospel and be bold and not ashamed, then one of the first things we need to do is realize we are debtors. I said we are debtors. Whether it's a fear from the false accusations of our culture and an or, 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 or an embracing of that which is evil from our flesh that has caused our shame in the gospel, what will help us to overcome those things is to recognize that we are debtors to our Lord Jesus Christ in this message of the gospel. See, this is what Paul says of himself in these verses and why he was ready to preach the gospel at Rome. 
This was one of the reasons he was not ashamed. It's because he recognized himself as being a debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians, the wise and the unwise. And I, listen, we could say this, we'll preach, I mean, that's Paul's calling. He's an apostle. He was a debtor. And and we wouldn't even say this. If you go over and read the book of Galatians, written to the Galatian churches, Paul made it very clear that Peter was what they would say would be the apostle to the Jews, and he was the apostle to the Gentiles. So Paul understood those things. And we could say that, yes, that was his calling. That's, That's what he means here by the Greeks and the barbarians. And the wise and the unwise, meaning the educated and uneducated, he's saying, I'm the apostle to the Gentiles. But here's what you got to understand. Though that was Paul's calling, the principle of being debtor, that's applied to all of God's people. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 15 real quickly. Look at what he says in verse 25. He says, But now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily. Watch this. And their debtors, they are. Do you see that? Well, preacher, what, what is this? Well, actually, if you don't know this, this is actually in the context of faith promise missions. Right. In fact, it's very well dealt with in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. And what Paul was doing was Paul was raising money to help those saints in Jerusalem and Judea who were going through a famine at the time. So what he did was he went to the churches in Macedonia and the churches in Achaia and, and went to them and, and, and said, we're trying to raise some money to help the church in Jerusalem and also the churches in Judea that are going through these things and we want you to give and contribute to this. And this was Paul's message to them. You are debtors. You're debtors. And be a fact, it would be that message that would trigger the churches of Macedonia, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that they gave of themselves first. Meaning this, they wholeheartedly embraced this and jumped right in and gave and contributed. Even when they were in deep poverty, the grace of God abounded unto them, he says. And boy, God allowed them to give. Now what, wait a minute now, what does that mean? They're debtors. Like did they owe money to the bank? Were they trying to get a new parking lot? Some of you are like, like a glaze, man, like a donut glaze, man. Because we, we know this, a debt is when you owe something, right? So what is he, what is he talking about? Well, let's, let's, let's get clear here on some church doctrine, because I love church doctrine, don't you? Amen. So we know this, the church started with Jesus Christ and His apostles. Amen. Well, preacher, I mean, the church started in Acts chapter 2. No, it didn't. Right. No, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And a church is a local visible assembly of baptized believers that have been constituted together to carry out the Great Commission. Amen. 
That was who the disciples were and the apostles. Be a fact, in Acts chapter 1, they had already met. There were 120 of them gathered together and they had their first business meeting. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, they were empowered. 3,000 people got saved. Then they got baptized and it says this, and they were added unto them. So based upon their baptism, they were added unto them. Added unto who? The church at Jerusalem. The church that Jesus Christ started. The church that had the business meeting in chapter number 1, the 120 gathered together. Is anybody getting this? So they were added unto them. So, so you understand that this church that Christ started, this local visible assembly, all right, it became known as the church at Jerusalem. And then what happened is there was great persecution, so the saints were spread out. Well, when they went out, they took the gospel with them. Some of them went to an area called Antioch. And they started preaching, and Jews and Greeks started getting saved. And so the church at Jerusalem said, you know what, we know this guy that's really just got a gracious, tender spirit, and I believe he would be a help to the Jews and the Greeks coming together. So we're going to send Barnabas out there. And he's going to organize the church and become the pastor of that church. And Barnabas started going out there, and Barnabas said, you know, I'm going to need some help. Because I'm too nice. So I need a guy that's kind of honorary and cantankerous. So we got Paul of Tarsus. And so Paul went out and, 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 and Barnabas and they start ministering. And the next thing you know in Acts chapter 13, the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. Talking about Paul and Barnabas. And they would go out of the church at Antioch and they would go into the regions of Galatia and, and preach the gospel and people would get saved. Churches would get started in, in, in Galatia. They would come back to the church at Antioch and then Barnabas and, and Paul wanted to go out again. But like two good Baptists, they had a They were still friends, but they had a fight. I'm sure none of you have never done any. And so Barnabas went, went one way with, um, with John Mark. Aren't you glad God's a God of second chances? But Paul took solace. And they went all the way up to Troas on the coast there of the Aegean Sea. And that's where Paul got the Macedonian call. And he went across the Aegean Sea into Philippi. And started preaching, and a church got started in Philippi. We got the book of Philippians. Anybody getting this? Oh, come on. And then they went to Berea and Thessalonica. And be a fact, they went down into the region of Achaia. And the church at Corinth got started. And in Athens, people got saved. Is anybody catching any of this? Well, what I'm saying to you is this, is that when Paul said to the churches in Macedonia and the churches of Achaia, you are debtors, what he is saying is this, is that you owe a debt to the church in Jerusalem and the churches in Judea where all this started. Had it not been for them sending out and getting the gospel out, you'd have never heard it and you'd have never got saved. You owe a debt. That's exactly right. And what will help you and what will help me to get over our shame and our fear or our flesh or whatever it is that's keeping us from living for the gospel is to understand we are debtors. Please listen to this. If you are saved this morning, you are a debtor to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're a debtor to that. Listen, I'm just telling you, that means this. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Him. 
Is that right, Your body is not yours. Well, it's my body. Not if you're saved, it's not. Amen. It's His. Wherefore, glorify God in your bodies. Which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, don't make me turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't make me run back to the pulpit and get my notes that are missing Scripture. But what I'm saying to you is this, is that that's what a debt means. It means to owe something. And listen, I realize that our salvation has been paid in full through the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, we owe it to Him to live for Him and serve Him and love Him. That is the debt that we owe. What does that mean, preacher? What, what, is that, what, 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 what is that? Here's what it means. Stop getting tattoos. And stop drinking alcohol. And stop watching pornography. And stop living in wickedness and sin. And come out from among them, saith the Lord. And be ye separate. Separate unto the gospel. Make it the very center of your life. And love Him and follow Him. And serve Him and live for Him. Why? Because you're a debtor. You're a debtor. Let me help you with something else. I'm not even going to go back to my notes because let me help you with something else. If you're a member of Faith Baptist Church, we owe a debt. We owe a debt to the generation that's gone on before us. Oh, now he's just going to make an idol out of men. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying this. As they were faithful, we too ought to be faithful. Just like they stood on the gospel of Jesus Christ, we ought to stand firmly on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody get what I'm saying? Come on, just as they preached it with boldness and conviction and power, we ought to do the same thing. And the doctrine and the things that they stood on that were of the Bible, the Bible has not changed. And we ought to stand on it too. I still believe in Baptist baptism. I still believe authority matters. And that Jesus Christ gave the authority to baptize to His churches. And you trace the lineage back and they be Baptist. I still believe that. I still believe this, that we ought to be closed with a capital D, as E.J. Watson would say. On the Lord's Supper. Well, preacher, that's just not the way everybody else does it. I don't care the way everybody else does it. I care what the Bible says. And you understand, friend, I think we ought to be that way. Because that's what the Bible says. And it makes it very clear that it's an ordinance given to the church. The local visible assembly called a church together together and make sure that they're right with one another and right with God. That's an ordinance. You understand, friend, I could go on and on and on. The things that we stand on as God's people and we should still stand on those things. And not be ashamed of it. Because we're debtors to it. I think the things that are immoral that's going on in our country and in our nation today that seems to be so embraced by our society. I still think this, that we ought to stand against that stuff because that's what the Bible makes clear is wrong. Well, preacher, you just don't... No, 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 no. You don't listen here. Let me help you with something. If it was wicked in 1922, it's still wicked in 2022. Did you catch that? Let me me say that again. Some of you just read it on Facebook anyways. If it was wicked in 1922, it's still wicked in 2022. I'm so sick of this stuff. You you understand, friend? Listen, the Word of God has not changed. I'm telling you, listen, the Word of God shall not pass away. My Word shall not pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But the Bible, listen, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm saying to you, the Bible hasn't changed. The culture may change, but the Bible hasn't changed. 
And the only way Jesus Christ remains the head of this church is by us holding to the New Testament and that is our foundation for faith and practice and that's what we hold to. Amen. And we owe a debt to that. That's right. There's been a generation or two that's gone on before us and they held to those things. They held to those things. And you owe a debt to it. And if they could do it, you can do it. Amen. Well, preacher, you just don't understand how difficult it is in our day and time. What, you think they had it any easier? Read and study those times. I'm reading a book right now about Frank Hamer, who was a, who was a Texas Ranger back in the early 1920s and late 1800s. And it's cra all the same messages of this world, of white privilege and garbage and junk and pukerama. They were talking about it back then. It just regurgitates every 20, 30 Kind of like mullets are coming back now. But just because they're coming back don't mean I'm going to grow one. I already had one. They're not pretty. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I say, That's what I'm talking Me and Brother Will, man, we, we back in the day. Mullet brothers. You owe a debt. You realize that and you start recognizing that. Man, I owe a debt. And if they done it, and they lived for God and they were faithful, I can do it. But let me tell you something else. It's not just about recognizing you owe a debt. It's about realizing the power of this message. Paul said, I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God and the salvation. To the Jew first. And also, do you understand this? That this world is full of all kinds of messages. But there's only one message that will give you eternal life. <laughs> That's the message of the gospel. Amen. And this, uh, this is what I love. Look at verse... Y'all got a few more minutes? Amen. I don't want to have a part two. Then I got to go through all this introduction again. Tell you about my mullet. Okay. Look at verse number 16. Of Romans chapter number 1. Because here's what he says. And I'm going to finish up here real quickly. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you understand that the word salvation here, it means to be delivered? Well, delivered from what? Well, delivered from eternity in hell. Still in the Bible. I know, I know we live in a culture that doesn't want to hear that either, but it's still biblical truth. The man has a soul and it's going to spend eternity somewhere. And if he hasn't received Christ as a Savior, he's going to die in his sin and go to hell. See, man is a sinner. And even Jesus made it clear in John chapter 3 that the wrath of God, which is, by the way, mentioned in verse number 18, the wrath of God is revealed. The wrath of God abides on you already if you're not saved. And this, mean, if, this means that if man dies in his sin, he will spend eternity in hell. But that's why Christ came and died for our sin. And now man can come to Him by faith. Believeth. And be saved. 
and receive eternal life. Be delivered. Delivered from what? Delivered from hell and given eternal life. Look at verse number 17. For therein that gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is how man is saved. He receives the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you, you're not going to save yourself this morning. No work. All that righteousness is, those are as filthy rags. You got to come to Jesus Christ and be saved. You understand? But that's why Paul would say, I am not ashamed of this message, friend, because it is the power to give eternal life. And this is what I like. It's to everyone. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. That means this. It doesn't matter who you are this morning, what color your skin is, what country you're from, what side of the railroad tracks you were on. Well, preacher, I'm just a black sheep in the family. Doesn't matter. You can be made white. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, the sin that's in your life. God can forgive you and grant you eternal life. But it's not just the power to grant you eternal life. It's a message that will change your life altogether. Because look at verse number 17 closely. He says this, and I'm almost through. Just stay with me. Here's what he says. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And the righteousness of God mentioned here has a twofold meaning. And obviously it points back to the gospel in receiving the righteousness of Christ, but also the phrase that follows the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And what he's saying is this, is that what is now in the saved, meaning the righteousness of God through Christ, it should come out of the saved. In other words, they'll start doing what's right. Watch this. They'll go from faith, please catch this, from faith to faith. Well, what does that mean? From saving faith to living by faith. That's why he ends it with Habakkuk 2.4. The just, those that have already been made just through the blood of Jesus Christ shall live by faith. I don't know, man, I don't know if you ever do this. But I do this a lot. I look back on my life. Not, not to look at all the bad stuff, but to rejoice in all the goodness and grace of God. And, and you, do you, I don't know if you ever, it's almost overwhelming sometimes, His goodness. Amen. And I, I'm just, man, I think back to the age of 20 when I got saved. And, and, and listen, He would give me victory over my alcohol addiction. He would change my language, my friends, the, the places that I went. Put me in a good godly church that preached the Bible. And then, and then would, would dip down into my life and call me to preach. And, and do you know this, that whenever I started following the call to preach on my life, man, God messed up so many times and failed me. That was my sarcasm. A spiritual gift. It was incredible to watch Him provide. I can't listen. I could sit here all morning and tell you stuff that God did, answering prayer, working out this situation and that. It's just... And I get to stand before you at Faith Baptist Church and I get to pastor Faith Baptist Church. 
I'm telling I find myself on my face sometimes just overwhelmed at the goodness of God. You know why? Because it all started with the gospel. And God gave me eternal life. But as I submitted to what was right, His right, His righteousness, God also gave me abundant life. And what I'm trying to say to you this morning is this. Why, why on earth would I turn from a message with that kind of power? To be a coward among men and not tell anybody what God did in my life. Or to be carnal and live in my flesh and to turn away from all of these things. No, my friend, I don't want to be ashamed of this message. I said, I don't want to be ashamed of this message. And here's why. Because I owe a debt. But I also know the power that this message has. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're saved, you owe a debt. And this message, you know of its power. So let's not be ashamed of it. Oh, listen, let's live it out. And let's tell others about it. Somebody say amen. But if you haven't received it this morning, it's to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. You can be saved this morning. Let's all stand.